0: This is episode 267. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be finishing out Discovery's first season with the episode
1: Will You Take My Hand? Here we go. Will You Take My Hand, Season 1, Episode 15, Original Release Date, February 11th, 2018. Directed by Akiva Goldsman. Story by Akiva Goldsman and Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts. Teleplay by Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts. Guest cast include Mia Kirshner as Amanda Grayson. Jane Brooke as Vice Admiral Katrina Cornwell. Mary Chifo as Laurel. James Frain as Sarek, Emily Kutz as Kayla Detmer, Riley Gilchrist as Admiral Shukar, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Harry Judge as Admiral Gorch, Morgan Cohen as Weapons Trader, Patrick kwok as Reese, Crystal Ledger as Klingon, Sarah Midich as Arium, Oyen Oladehu as Joanne Owasekun, Ronnie Roy Jr. as Bryce, David Benjamin Tomlinson as Klingon, and Bree Waslinko as Shaba. <laughs>
2: As Klingon forces bear down on the Sol System, Discovery mirrors their approach as it closes in on the Klingon homeworld, Kronos. With Emperor Giorgio at the helm of the plan to end the Klingon war once and for all, she gathers status updates from the bridge crew, who are, are still under the impression that she is Captain Giorgio, reacting with surprise at the hostile and belligerent attitude the Emperor puts forward, declaring the Klingons to be animals. For some unknown reason, Burnham then attempts to expose Giorgio's origins by commenting on the remark and quizzing her on her counterpart's birthplace in Malaysia. The former emperor deflects the questioning easily, ordering the specialist to walk with her. We have to be torchbearers, casting the light so we may see our path to lasting peace. We will
1: continue exploring, discovering new worlds, new civilizations. Yes. That is the United
2: Federation of Planets.
0: Today we honor Ensign Sylvia Tilly, accepted into Starfleet Command Training Program. Yes, that is Starfleet. Lieutenant Commander Paul Stamets, Medical Officer Hugh Culber. Yes, that is who we are. Commander Saru, first Kelpian to receive
1: the Medal of Honor. And who we will always be.
0: Steve, kick us off on Will You Take My Hand. Will you take my hand?
1: Well, the Enterprise shows up at the end, and that's fun. <laughs> can I say anything else? Uh, okay, so, um, yeah. Um, th- it's it's bizarre, because it's kind of like you know, it, it, there's kind of a running theme here, and it's that, like, it's almost like the people that make the the episodes, like, haven't watched any of the other episodes, so they just kind of, like, start over and have a very vague idea what happened before, and then it's just all over the place I mean, A an example is this whole like uh, uh you know tyler tying knots in his room you know this naval <laughs> stuff it's like you know why why that why if you're gonna do that why didn't you have this talk before otherwise it's just a thing and the last time we see him in these quarters is he's tying knots and commenting on this naval stuff and it's just i don't know um you know i mean it's not that it none. there's nothing fun or you know or the little the romp down on chronos and uh, all that bit you know there's a little bit of something there but you know again it's just it's you you get these questions like 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 how you put it there in the intro you know was like why is she trying to you know sabotage things by exposing her when you know some of them know who she is anyway and that was a weird choice anyway and then uh they go down and why are they um you know why are they even doing what they're doing why does she choose to tell this big story of her life to tyler at such an inopportune moment all these kind of things just pop up and it's the last episode you know it's of the of, you know and they try to all wrap it up all at once and then the ending is a bit it's so ball, oddly you know?
0: all that re- it's so oddly small isn't it it's yeah. just it's just so, it's just burnham tyler Giorgio, and tilly you know like the wizard of oz <laughs> yeah very yeah, it's weird. It's just weird to me. I mean, it's, yeah, like if this was an episode in the middle of the season,
1: but it's like, oh, this is the last episode of the season. What? Right. Yeah, it's almost like someone told them at the end they got to wrap it up next five minutes and okay, you know, and they have to, you know. It's
0: just, it just, to me, it just further. It's, it, it, it's a further perfect example of how when we got back from the mirror, we already were in the mirror universe for too long, but when we got back, it's like opening up this massive can of worms about oh it's nine months later the klingons are winning the war you know you're going to do all that and then you're just going to wrap it up in 10 minutes in this episode it's like like this whole thing with starfleet apparently makes this decision a group decision that surely they agonized over it's not something they would have made lightly and it doesn't feel very star Trekky. Or the principles of, mm-hmm. of what we love about Star Trek, but they decide basically to commit genocide, <laughs> uh, and then that's amazing by itself. But the fact that Burnham talks him out of it five, you know, in five minutes over the phone it makes it even more confusing. It's like what the hell? And I'm uh, the, our our podcast uh, does not have an explicit rating, so <laughs> I'm not saying what's really coming to mind. But it's it's like what? How can you be so? How can you be so frivolous with genocide? I mean, imagine if what this episode, this happens in this episode, like for years, and, and then somebody in the press, that's their job, finds out about that they had this plan. They almost went through with it and leaks it. It would be bananas for years. It could just the thought that they even seriously considered this, that they were minutes away from doing it, it could destroy the Federation. I don't think they ever mentioned this again, right? Am I forgetting that? No, yeah, I don't think so, yeah. It's bananas. It's bananas. The- it's bananas. I have a friend that he and his kid love this show so much, and he was telling me the other day, we just paused it one at one point. And they were in the first season. We just paused it and looked at each other and said, isn't this writing so good? Yeah. And I'm like, are we watching the same show? This is crazy to me. It's crazy. They weren't going to commit genocide. They were going to commit genocide. And we never even bring it up again.
2: It's like, what? Adam, am I totally wrong here? No, um, I I think I found this to be the worst episode of the season for numerous. reasons. you you brought you brought home a fine point about you know the genocide. It was just kind of cavalierly thrown around, and then um, yeah yeah Burnham talks him out of it in a three minute phone call. You know the the convicted mutineer specialist. <laughs> Um, you know, convinces them that they shouldn't commit genocide. And um, I'm sorry, the whole, you know, how the war was wrapped up. Okay, they, there's a bomb in the middle of the planet, and we're gonna give the detonator to this person, and then they're gonna be the ruler, and automatically all the Klingons are just gonna turn around and come back home and not do any more warring and conquering. Like, that's it. It's just, it's to me, it's not only ridiculous, it's, it's insane it's kind of insulting to real star trek fans that they kind of just all right well this is just going to be done we're not even going to you know huge klingon war um and um this is how we're going to resolve it with the with the girl with the detonator (laughs) you know just it's just it's ridiculous i'm sorry it's it's it is a complete ridiculous way to end this war and um um and, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm going to bash, I'm going to bash on a lot. I mean, you know, then you had that monologue with Burnham at the end where she's talking about the ideals of Starfleet where they're all getting, while well, they're all getting mon- medals. I don't know. I just, just like, this just, this, this i don't like this it's just uh, it just seems out of place where where on where would where would the person getting the medal give us be giving a speech to the it just seemed ridiculous yeah, to I, me honestly
0: this. i mean this is a very tiny little thing that, that doesn't even make sense to bring up it's only because we're we, yes we are kind of hitting this episode hard i didn't even understand really it doesn't make sense that she's the one giving the speech right, she, right wouldn't exactly. it be like the captain the captain the yeah it would <laughs> wouldn't Saru. it
2: no yeah yeah and then, you know, you brought up that, you know, and then I, it was way out of place for Sarek to be involved with this genocide. You know, there at the end, he's like, I "Yeah, know, you know, I, I had an involvement in this plan of, you know. Yeah, I was willing myself. to commit
0: to kill billions, but yeah. you had a second thought about it. How how yeah. lucky we are for you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud <laughs> of you.
2: And um, here's your command back, even though you committed mutiny, you know, just, you know, less than a year ago.
0: I mean, you know, if, if I'm trying to find something good to say, I, I like the idea that I mean, she literally has a line, a year ago, I believed our survival was more important than our principles, and I was wrong. That's that's part of her speech to Starfleet to get them to change their mind about that, you know, pesky genocide thing. At least, at least there's something there, like, clearly she has grown over the course of the season. That's me kind of reaching, but...
2: Oh, but but Steve, what Steve did say, you know, the, the Enterprise at the end, like the last minute, minute and a half of the episode's pretty good. <laughs> I, enjoyed, I think I enjoyed that much of it.
0: I, I enjoyed it more now. I have to say it's one of the few things where I didn't, I, I felt I had really conflicting feelings about it the first time it aired. Mm. I felt like it was a cheap, <laughs> it was kind of a cheap shot. But yeah, this time I was able to just kind of enjoy it more, especially because I know what they're going to do with that. And I and I liked where they go with that. And Uh, I mean, I I at least like their rendition of it in season two, and obviously Captain Pike, and because of these reasons, I'm excited about Strange New Worlds, etc. So maybe that softened it. But I did actually at the time this first aired, I thought, well, that's just a cheap shot to pull up my heartstrings. I mean, it works. It always feels good to see that ship.
2: Something to make, make you feel better about sitting through the last 40 minutes of what you witnessed?
1: They probably should have flown the Enterprise through like every couple minutes. <laughs>
2: <It> was, they <laughs> they can like, still think, do that. They, yeah, can yeah, still, yeah. they can still fix that. Mm-hmm. It's like an edit transition from scene to scene the Enterprise. Right, right. like oh, it's good again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad because it's so, you know, I've told you guys uh, over the years, if there's one thing people have consistently said, our listeners, is that they, they appreciate that we're always so positive. And that's something a lot of other shows don't do. God dang it it's hard to be positive about this. I I think it's, look, the, the artistry in every way is solid. Like the, the performances are really good. The, the, all the designs are great. The VFX are banana pants, like the opening and the ending shots and stuff. I mean, I can't even imagine those things, you know, imagine if we'd seen that in a feature in the eighties, it would have been, you know, blown our minds, right? There's so many great things about it. Jeffers says, "Music right. The music is still great. Every, everything is very, very good. It's just that the story and the writing, and unfortunately, that's such a fundamental.
2: If that sucks, if that doesn't make any dang sense." It... So, Brian, I was um, I was looking up the episode, and I I saw that it got a lot of positive reviews. This episode, I'm like, how how did this episode get any kind of good reviews, especially being a season ender?
0: The only way I can see it is if you were just very disconnected. And, and I don't mean this. If you love it, more power to you. This is not, I don't mean this as an insult. But if you're not a Star Trek nut, I could see how you wouldn't even think anything of, oh, that Starfleet decided they were going to commit genocide wouldn't be a big deal to you if you hadn't watched 700-plus episodes of Star Trek and lived and breathed it for decades.
2: Right? You agree with that, you guys? Yeah, I agree. I was going to do you think DS um... – <laughs> Because we saw like a real war in Deep Space Nine, you know, with, you know, that whole, you know, that lasted a couple seasons. You know, that last, that seventh season, it was like, you know, six straight episodes of just, you know, war and that kind of thing. So, and I don't know, maybe that's just affected me on this one. Maybe if you didn't watch Deep Space Nine, your expectations weren't, because that's kind of really, if you think of war with the Klingons, you want it to be kind of epic. And, and.
0: Yeah, there was nothing like that here. And we never got.
2: Never it really it opened it
0: with the shot of all those Klingon vessels you know, heading toward Earth, and then it ends with them just changing their minds and turning around.
2: And I'm still kind of annoyed, I'm still kind of annoyed by the Klingon look. Like, I think I said this earlier when we started the season. I don't mind them showing different looks of the Klingon race, but I, I think they made a mistake by leaving out all the, other, you know, the original ones. They could have mixed it in, especially there at the end because they're on the Klingon homeworld. We could have seen, you know, what you know, the different varieties of Klingons. And so, you know, I to me, they, these the new Klingons in this, they kind of remind me of, you know, vampires in a weird way. I, don't know I, I think
0: the first time I saw this, I missed the line about the Orions had an embassy, had built yeah, like an embassy base. like where that volcanic entrance was or whatever. So I always I didn't realize that that wasn't like normal Klingon, which made me think this doesn't feel right for what I how we've seen the planet Kronos but I guess that it makes a lot more sense now that I I, know, I guess I missed that line before
2: yeah they built a Las Vegas on
0: yeah <laughs> actually at the end when it's like zooming into uh, Paris my first because it's like all you can really see is the Eiffel Tower I'm like is this Vegas or is that the real Eiffel Tower <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> uh.
2: I don't know I just didn't you know what what Tilly didn't to me didn't seem to have a purpose there. Just more like comedic. She's kind of a comedic character. So
0: I like the bit when she first comes in when uh Giorgio brings her in the room and she's saying, "Oh, I've I've studied you and all those things." And then she says some, um, you know, an evil thing. And then Tilly's like, "Oh, she's not." Yeah, you know, that's funny. She those things are funny. But I I agree that I think Tilly is a strong character. Like we talked about, she's almost she's almost like barkley but as a series regular that's cool you know she's a she's an interesting character i do like her so i think i prefer it when she's not doing funny things or they're not using her for um comedic yeah
2: Yeah. yeah i kind of felt like in this episode she was just strictly used for comedic value
0: did you guys like the tyler stuff more than usual in this episode steve
1: I mean, it's it's just it's the same crap we've seen. I mean, it's not better or worse or anything like that. It's just I don't know. I was his a satisfying exit, even though we know he's coming back. Well, it's an exit. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, um, I guess that he's going off with her. It makes as much sense as anything, (laughs) you know. I don't, you know. I suppose. I mean, the idea is interesting and all. You know, the whole that conflict is kind of unprecedented. I mean, it's not quite the same as a you know, you get with, uh, people coming from two different worlds and so on. And that conflict, it's, it's a little, it's a, it's stranger than that. we never really got a full understanding of what's going on there, but, um, you know, I mean, in, in principle, the notion of, of going off to use that to potentially bridge, you know, the, the two worlds, I mean, we've seen that before, but you know, it's a, it's a reasonable thing to do. And at least he's not hanging around in you know they try to continue some kind of chemistry of or lack thereof with Burnham and such so
2: um the kind of, the only problem i kind of had with it is that there was no kind of there's no resolution between um Tyler and oh my gosh the Klingon the new Klingon ruler what is her name um Lorel Lorel i mean you know there was no i think they needed a scene with those two to kind of have like a resolution To kind of they never really had a scene together I was thinking about the last thing that I think I can remember going
0: off with her. He has that one moment with her where he's like just a line or two where he speaks Klingon and she looks at him like, "Let's go out sometime if you're free."
2: Yeah, it was like I said, it was just kind of weird that he would go off that quick there without kind of having a resolution scene with her with with him and Lorel. But it's fine. It's whatever. I mean, even if they did have that scene in this episode, I don't think it would have saved it. So,
0: well, as usual. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great. Sure. Uh, I actually think Georgio is very interesting at the beginning of this episode because she's like kind of like legit scary. She has that great line to um, Saru in front of everybody that doesn't realize what she's really talking about when she says, you mm-hmm. know, it's saying funny. about scared Kelpian makes tough Kelpian or something. <laughs> it's pretty good, you know? And then she's like beating the crap out of uh, Laurel. You know, she's like, she's legit scary. I i I kind of—it's the first time I thought I like her here, and maybe we lose that just a bit. But well, I guess that's inevitable. Long term, um, we're gonna have to soften her up a little bit <laughs> uh, to keep her around. But no, she's 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 pretty great. And even you know later in the show when she's just standing there over that hole with the bomb and everything, she's she's just compelling. She's she's a good actress and. And I've said before, but I'll say it again, sometimes I wonder how much of my, how much that I like the character Georgiou so much, how much of that is writing versus just Michelle Yeoh being great. In the context of the rest of this show, it makes me think it's more Michelle Yeoh being great, but.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right on the latter. She's just great. Because, I mean, yeah, she's so, I mean, because we loved her as the warm mother kind of figure early on in the first couple episodes. And now she's, like you said, she's villainous, but it's just as good, you know, both ways.
0: Which is how she uh, swings in that one scene, which (laughs) if there were deleted scenes, I'd like to see them. What's this episode
2: about? Redemption, I suppose. It could go off on some crazy tangents, but I mean, in the end, it's kind of, it's a redemption for um, Michael Burnham, you know. She comes full circle in this episode from the beginning. You know, you, you said it earlier, in, earlier, Brian. You know, she has that um, realization a year ago that she made the mistake, and now she here she's she's redeemed. She's got her second chance. She's got her command back. Um, you know, a medal, and you know, she's back on top.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what they're trying to say, yeah, is that is that the whole sticking to your principles and in in the long run. You know, works out for the best, It's you know, but as we've established, they've, the, the, the writing's pretty awful and it's all over the place. Maybe they're trying to do too much or they just don't know what they're doing. But, um, when it, the only reason we can say what we think it's about is because they're trying to basically tell it to us in a speech or something. Right. And it's not like it really f- we feel it or they're doing it in some kind of interesting way through the story. So,
2: Brian, I will say this. I think I enjoyed this season. A lot less the second time around than I did the first. All right. Well,
0: let's do, let's do six degrees, and then we'll let's okay. discuss the first season. Steve. Mm-hmm. Clint Howard plays the Orion that helps Tilly relax over fifty years between uh, his first Star Trek appearance in the Corbinite Maneuver and his appearance here. Uh, name his character in the Corbomite Maneuver in the original series. Baylock. Yes, sir. Adam, Howard also played Muck in Enterprise's first season in the episode Acquisition. What species was Muck?
2: Um, species was Muck. Um,
0: Steve is ready. I can see him now. I can see him. He is ready with the answer.
2: <laughs> really getting like my oh, I, can't, I can't get it out of my mouth. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Ringy. Yep. Now, Adam, the title acquisition Mm -hmm. could have given that away, but... I couldn't get it out of my head. You wouldn't necessarily think of that for Enterprise. All right. Steve takes it uh, for the day. So, yeah, to kind of wrap up Discovery Season 1, Adam, you're saying that uh, this is your second viewing of it, and it's the first time you've had to space it out and weren't binging it. Right. And you liked it less.
2: Um, yes i i and I think that's why because it was faced out I think if you were if you were watching you know if you watched if you let's say you know you're binge in the show and you watch like three or four episodes and night, I think the ending of this series is a little more satisfying if you're watching the you know the last two or three episodes straight through um and i I noticed that especially with this last episode here, um it just kind of drug on and I'm like I, I think I remembered last time not feeling like. Feeling the same way. I was kind of like, I didn't even really want to watch the last episode. That's that's how bad it was. But yeah, the first time I don't remember feeling this way. And I, I, it's just like I said. Maybe that's just because design. You know, they they know people are going to be watching these. You know. Back to back to I know there's gonna be a lot of fans out there like like yourself, Brian and Steve. Yeah, are but when, watch yeah when, it, they when they first they aired, aired it, out. they aired
0: it once, you know, one each week.
2: But I mean, you know, there's probably a low percentage of people who actually watched it the first run week to week. I mean, you're you're getting people that are probably watching, you know, watching it now, later. And like I said, even so what I do now, I even with series that come out now, like for example The Falcon and the Winter Shoulder, I haven't even started watching it because I prefer to binge three or four episodes at a time. I don't, you know, watching one episode just doesn't, doesn't doesn't do it for me anymore. Now I could go back. I mean, that's the same for um, you know, the old series. I mean, if I go back and I watch um, Next Gen or something, I'm going to watch three or four episodes at a time. I'm not going to just pop one in and enjoy one and, and, and put it back in the shelf.
0: Steve, do you agree that uh, Discovery season one is like a bag of chips? <laughs>
1: Um, so, I, you know, yeah, I, I watched the first time I watched it was, it was spread out, you know, when it first aired and this time was this, you know, similar, you know, right. In terms of the timing. So that was no different for me. I think it's, I don't know. It's a little more complex. I think in the sense that I enjoyed it more early and I enjoyed it less later. It definitely went downhill. There's more Jason Isaacs earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you don't like that character, but you like the character. I mean, that's I. I, I, mm-hmm. I really thought that that did something to it, you know. And it,
2: I enjoyed it more the second time around. I think we. Said
1: yeah, that. yeah. So that that stuff that definitely helped. You know, um, it just was it was it was different from other you know series, certainly, but it still was uh compelling and they were having things to say and there were you know just a concentration of what i think we all agreed were really quality episodes early on too in the first half a lot a lot more of them that were just you know i, I can't I think of the names of all the episodes off the top of my head but you know there was a run there where i remember like three in a row that were just like man these they're rocking like three or four in a row were just really solid episodes in the early middle part and then they made that decision to go to the mirror universe like someone just made them do it and that the, and on, on, you know, it's on like paper, the last
2: five it's episodes were
1: fun or whatever, but it just derails everything. You just yeah, you just it really totally feels take like take it, it off just, and just it bat. just
0: stops. It just stops yeah. all
1: interesting narrative in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's like like the latter half's a stunt or something, and then they have to sew it all up and stuff. You know, that's kind of the yeah. Problem. I remember
0: us talking. You know, early to mid. I think I said before we started that my favorite. I remembered my favorite episode being uh, music to make the sanest man go mad. That's the cause and effect kind of episode with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rain Wilson as uh, Mud. Uh, and it was still a blast. It was still really fun, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree that.
2: I guess it was, yeah, these last five episodes have been tough. You know, you would get three in the mirror and then these kind of last two to end up the season.
0: One thing that didn't get any better. I remember disliking it the first time and disliking it just as much now is, and we've talked about it, all the Tyler stuff, but mm-hmm. The Tyler stuff just kind of I think it bothered me even more this time because it's it's so yeah, it was um, well when they you know just bring him aboard and throwing him into things it just makes no it just seems like nonsensical that they would do that they wouldn't even do that today let alone hundreds of years from now in a, in a you know more evolved society it doesn't it doesn't make sense and then to just not just double down, but like triple down on that. And then we, we made jokes about after he literally kills someone and Burnham is so shocked about it. Like, well, what? I think Steve, you said there's like three strikes and you're not out or something. I don't know right. Yeah. 15 yeah. strikes
1: are out policy. In <laughs> right. Starfleet. Yeah.
0: You know, so that's the kind of stuff And once, once, once something like that is bothering you, then, then you get bothered just opening the scene with Tyler. You're like, ah, crap. <laughs> You know like this episode you, you see him with the with his little knots and you're like again uh not an explicit podcast so I'm not saying the words that come to mind but yeah at least I felt at the time like okay he's gone he's not coming back for season 2
1: wah, wah. <laughs> first scene. funny if they play the little clown music when he comes back in the second
2: season yeah but like yeah, Brian looking back I do remember really enjoying season 2 more than season one first time yes I, I remember it feeling
0: that way too so i guess we're gonna f- find out soon if that's still the case but you know as far as first seasons go definitely i have significant qualms with writing and story especially near the end but sprinkled throughout something like tyler for the most part i like the casting and those kinds of th- all the design work is great of course a lot of the- all the technical stuff is really amazing you know this is the first Star Trek show to really do a lot of cinema verite stuff. And um, every, every, even just direct, even just two people talking, there's, you know, there's handheld, there's movement, you know, it's a very dynamic, engaging show, not four by three aspect ratio. You know, it's, it's very pretty. It's very well-designed. That's only going to get even more so in the next season. But the one thing besides story and writing that I think I had, Looking back, now that we finished the season, which is the point of this discussion, it's odd how there doesn't seem to be so very much like the whole crew. Like people don't interact with other people. I don't know. It's It's like pockets of crew. Like these people, like Burnham kind of interacts with everybody. She interacts with all these other little groups, but all the groups together. Like I cannot name for you everybody on the bridge right now. I literally can't do it. I've watched this show. I've watched seasons one, two, and three. I've watched season one twice now, and I still can't name everybody. I think if you had a list, I could get the names. I could say, oh, that's that person, (laughs) but I can't name them, right? It's just, it's kind of weird. And maybe that's just, they're making a different show and they're trying to, their focus is this second in command type person who is not supposed to be parked in the bridge so much but then at the end of the season they make her a commander so i i I don't know i don't know maybe maybe. you guys kind of following me when i'm talking about what comes off is wanting now that i'm looking back on the season yeah maybe it's just too many characters to follow or something i don't know
2: well i think you're kind of right about that brian it's kind of the design that they you know or in all past shows except maybe Deep Space Nine, but by the time you got through Season 1 of Deep Space Nine, you kind of felt like uh, there was a connection between the whole cast and crew. And, you know, here we are at the end of Season 1 of of Discovery, and you're you're still not quite sure what the dynamic is. You know, um, Saru's the acting captain, you know, the structure, you know. Like you said, Burnham went from a commander to a specialist back to a commander. So there's not kind of that cohesion that we're that we're used to from previous shows, like I said, the closest comparison would be deep space nine, but even they were even closer with their kind of like structure and s- social structure going on. Whereas this one, it's kind of convoluted, you know, you're right. We don't know. I mean, you know, if you, if you watch the end of this show, you don't, know, it could very easily, you could have a whole brand new bridge crew the next time around. And you wouldn't really notice that much because they didn't play too big a part. Um, throughout this season I, the, if i remember correctly they do in the second season right they kind of start picking up like different characters in the second season
0: i feel like season three maybe maybe i can't actually.
2: well i know yeah. the, the the android or the she's cyborg would that be the term she kind of has some a role to play in season two
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it does it does lack a um, well the the whole the whole command structure. We're so used to Star Trek being that way, where it's kind of the on the most part, it's the upper echelon who are the main characters. And I think you can get away with not that not being the case for sure. It's just that we don't we're not seeing we're not seeing a great deal of, of a command structure and or any kind of structure at all. You know, it's like besides whoever happens to be the captain giving orders to people on the bridge. You Don't see a lot of other stuff, right? I mean, you see, um, you know, Stamets barking something at Tilly, you know, in engineering, or but but no one else, there's no one giving you know direction or whatever. I'm just but kind like, of wanders around and touches each other, and it's just Stamets whatever.
0: is not the chief engineer, right? right uh, yeah, he, no. he, he's he's some no. kind of
1: specialist. Yeah, I can't, no. I don't know yeah, who that is. One, I don't I'd know think. who the
0: engineer of the ship is. Yeah, Colbert was not the chief medical officer.
1: No, certainly not. I don't know who the Bursten. CMO was. Right.
2: Tyler In- was security.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was magically the chief of security, but we didn't see him ordering anybody to do anything. So I don't know what's going on. At least
2: that
0: one I know because it was the what's your name that got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah being that's right. stupid with the with the the giant Tardic Yeah, But yeah, yeah the so, structure's you know, these just aren't, kinda all over the place. These aren't necessarily complaints. I'm just saying this is this is something that kind of stuck out to me looking back on this as a first season of a show of season one, that's setting up this show. Uh, as we now know, Brian Fuller, right. Created the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, he originally, and, and he left the show before they, before it actually came out, but he originally envisioned this as being like a one-off season thing. And then season two of the show would be a completely different ship and crew and time and stuff. Interesting. You know, it was like an anthology series. That's interesting. And I think one of the reasons they got rid of them is because they didn't want to spend that kind of money. They wanted to, you know, reuse the ship and everything for season two and save money. They wanted it to be like a normal show, which, you know, fine. But yeah, so I guess, I guess um, my thoughts at the end of season one are similar to what they were the first time I saw it. And that it made me feel excited about where they could go, but disappointed for some missed opportunities in season one.
1: You know, I think it's interesting as time goes on, um, and you we could talk about this in, you know, in film or TV as a whole. But because Star Trek spans such a huge amount of time, that it's it's useful to look at it this way. Is how interesting it is that, like, on the most part, you see this progression of kind of, um, you know, we we can agree at how the technology and the skill and the art, you know, go up and up and up and up, where you know you it gets very compelling and interesting and and you know everyone gets better at their craft and yet writing is always like this this difficult thing to can stay consistent on right i mean you can't it doesn't just like magically everyone knows how to tell a story better you know there's not like a Technology for that. It's interesting how Mm. that's what is always just kind of up and down, up and down, up and down. When everything else, on the most part, kind of has this wave that just goes up and up and up and up and up, and they do well with that. It's like state of the art, but there is no state of the art writing. You know, it's 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 it's, and I and I guess that's nice because that's kind of the human part. You know, in a way.
2: Mm. So I I definitely agree with you, Steve. I I think the disappointing thing about this it's not you can kind of handle a little bit of bad writing when they kind of have a focus on what they're doing, you know, and there'll be bad scenes or bad episodes and they're, they're over there. And, you know, I don't want to bore people more and we've kind of gone over this. I think the problem with the season, it's, it's focus wasn't, it, it didn't have a solid, it didn't have a good, this, there's one complaint, the, sol- the biggest complaint I have about that. It didn't have a focus of what they right, wanted right. to do and what kind of story they wanted to tell. And, you know, and I think the last, Five episodes of this season encapsulate that. It's just, but it definitely just, oh, seemed
0: like it started off that way. It seemed yeah, like they started yeah, off. Yes. They knew what they, the show they wanted to make and what they wanted to do.
2: Right, and, it, and it then just somewhere went off the rails. in the middle,
0: especially definitely the, by the time they go to the mirror universe, they lose their way.
2: It's it just off. It, it just goes off the rails, and that's why we get. You know, we, you know, and I, all three of us are in agreement that this this last episode was a complete disappointment because, it, I, like you I said, I call it um, it's anticlimactic. There was nothing compelling about the end of this season and what they where they where they set us up with with the Klingons and all this strife and a, a ship that can jump anywhere on the universe and this is kind of how they kind of end the season on a big to me in a big dud and that's it wasn't just the last episode it's his last several all
0: right uh well that does it for discovery season one of course we got a bunch of news from uh the first contact day Paramount's really trying to make that a thing. I'm cool with it. Star Wars people have May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th. We need something. So I'm, I'm good with that. Let's take uh, First Contact Day. What did we find out? We found out, well, I guess we already knew Lower Decks Season 2 was premiered. Did we actually get a premiere date? Or a yeah, it's all
1: something, or August maybe something okay. generally. Yeah.
0: And then they said Discovery Season 4 is definitely premiering this year, we assume, after, after Lower Decks Season 2. So October, maybe? give or take a month probably. And then Picard season two, definitely not premiering this calendar year. So maybe, you know, January or something. And did we find out strange new worlds, something, anything, what did we,
1: I don't think we got any kind of notion on the premiere date for sure on that. Uh,
0: So strange new worlds must be after Picard. since since Picard, they, they at least said coming in 2022, we got a, Trailer that uh, indicated the return of a beloved character from next gen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we should say it, but I mean, surely it's not a surprise to anybody.
1: If you search Star Trek news, it pops up all over the place. All right,
0: so I'm going to say it.
2: It it, it rhymes with a big conspiracy theory going on right now. (laughs) See, (laughs) I was going to tell people to skip ahead, but anyway, yes.
0: But we kind of heard about this uh, a couple months ago. I saw that John Delancey had, in like a cameo message to some kid or something that he mentioned. uh, you might be excited if you like the character Q. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So not a big surprise. But you know that. Of course, that's good. We'll we'll see what they do with it. I'm I'm trying to be a little bit less, or maybe I'm naturally now going to be a little bit more. Not as immediately uh, fawning over stuff based on this because I remember how I felt the first the first time I saw a Picard trailer and saw. Seven of Nine and lost my ever-loving mind because I didn't even know she was in it. I can't still can't believe they kept that a secret. That's the majority of the news, right? Am I forgetting something? Our, oh, we, got, we found out more about um, the Nickelodeon show that is going to be on Paramount Plus first, although they didn't give it a date, I don't think. I don't think so. Uh, so it's going to be—the whole thing takes place in the Delta Quadrant, and these— Aliens, not, none of them humans, so I, I assume they're all just native to the Delta Quadrant, which is why we didn't really recognize their species. They find a Starfleet vessel, and this is a bit of a, this is a tiny, bit. again, this is just the marketing, so it's, you should just stop the podcast now if you don't want to hear any of this basic level of, of information. But uh, I guess Janeway is like the equivalent of an
1: EMH or something. I think I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, so she's like a training program or something mm-hmm. for them, Yeah.
0: Okay, no, this is fine. I'm I'm okay with this. You know, it's a show for kids.
1: Like we've talked about before. You know,
0: I'm I'm assuming that means they won't have any f bombs. So it yeah, really gets you extra never points. Know, I guess. You you never know now. But
1: second episode in, people are going to see <laughs> people getting their heads cut off and f this and f but that. But you know,
0: it's easy to be cynical here, especially after watching an episode of the new Trek that we disliked. But Come on. Can you imagine, like, five years ago, someone was like, you know what? There's going to be a day where they're going to tell you about (laughs) multiple different series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be
0: like, what? Oh my God. That would be the greatest thing ever.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they're within three months of, or whatever it is, of not being able to cancel Paramount Plus anymore. You know, that's their goal, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited.
2: That's their goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or were you saying? They're they're hoping to have a show every quarter next year? Is that the, the plan?
1: I mean, I think they want something new every week, practically. That's the, the ultimately would make it where they just hit another one and another one, another one, another one, you know.
0: I'll hey, you know, Disney Plus, I pay by the year. I'll do that for Paramount Plus if there's going to be a about yeah. on it all the time.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, for listeners out there, I was a big downer on this last episode. But I, like I said, going into, I'm looking forward to season two. Season two, I thought was a lot of fun. To contrast, I thought you know we'll get into Picard when we get into it but just a quick you know I thought season one of Picard was very was a lot more focused than this show was so I mean you know they're not they're, you're not always gonna you're not always gonna get a hit or a home run I mean you know you're gonna have some bumpy roads I mean we what there was the first season of, of next gen wasn't great <laughs> they, they managed to bust out seven seasons and what the last season wasn't great in next gen so they're not it's not always going to be a fantastic season but you're right brian there were some really cool episodes and there's some fun things and positive things to take out of this this season one for sure
0: all right well i think that's going to do it see even when we talk about one episode it's it, I, I was looking over our podcast history and it's like doesn't matter how many episodes we talk about our podcasts are always about the same length <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always get tired you know and start speeding up toward the end you know
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to be back in two weeks to kick off Discovery Season 2, the first two episodes. Uh, Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at TrekCompanion, and our Facebook listener page is facebook.com slash TrekCompanion. Thank you for spending an hour with us, and until next time,
2: take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
0: I passed it.